Hey everyone, Dashian Miller here, and uh, we're getting ready to go full on with uh, this episode of uh, Kuden. I apologize, I've taken a little bit of time off. Didn't really take time off. I've <laughs> just been uh, focusing on some uh, uh, some pretty intense projects. But anyway, I have a question for you. Okay, it's not really a question. It's kind of a visualization, right? Imagine for just a moment, right? Imagine James Bond, right? Climbing off of a bus, right? Trailways, if you're here in the States or Greyhound or whatever, or just some, you know, motor coach kind of thing, right? Um, public, private, whatever, transit, right? It's a bus, right? It's just this, this bus that takes people from one city to another, right? Imagine him, like, climbing off of this bus, right? After a day or two, right? Uh, crammed the back, right? Because he, uh, <laughs> took the budget route, right? Tux is all disheveled, right? Hair's a mess, right? Gets off the bus, mumbling, pissing and moaning, right? Frickin' M, right? Doesn't understand every time I go out here, right? Uh, these super villains, right? Trying to shoot me in the crotch with a laser. Got their henchmen attacking me on a regular basis. You gotta, you gotta, Gotta check my room for bugs and listening devices. And can you imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't either. Okay. I'll talk to you in a minute. So, the big question is this How are self defense and success minded people like us? Concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world. How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. So, hey, let's start episode 84, shall we? Um, started off with one of those weird kind of things, right? So uh, I got to thinking about this. I made myself all comfy here because I'm going to be chatting for a little bit. Uh, hey, look, I've got some folks on. Carl's here. Shane's here. Jeff Fletcher's here. Jeff was in for uh, the virtual version of our uh, fall camp this past week. So uh, Jimmy's on. Uh, I don't know who else is on in different different directions. Uh Looks like YouTube, 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 Facebook. Okay. You got folks coming in from different directions. So awesome. Looks like everything's working right. Anyway, so, um, uh, the reason I asked that little question about that little visualization thing was, um, uh, I may have brought this up before. I probably have, right? But, um, people had this image, right? About ninja, right? or samurai, or warriors, or whatever, right? And so we have this image, right? Um, regardless of the movies, right? As long as we're not buying into the the ninja movies of the 80s and all that kind of stuff, but you know, whatever, right? We all have our little fantasies, right? But in, we have this image, right, of this warrior, fearless. Uh, they have uh, values and... Uh, and um, uh, certain things that they stand for, 
right? And there's, they're willing to draw that line in the sand, right? As a matter of fact, this is an important uh, feeling in a lot of the, uh, with a lot of the uh, kamai, right? These postures that we have uh, and some of the, uh, even some of the kata, right? Where there's this line drawn in the sand, right? And there's this feeling. You cross that line. If you come at me, if you touch me, right? I will kill you, right? Uh, say that with a Dr. Evil uh, accent and everything changes, right? But, but, but there's this, there's this thing. And, and when we think about these warriors, right? The samurai, ninja, whatever, right? As long as we don't have this friggin' bullshit media kind of feeling about it or, or, or belief about it, um, the image is probably wrapped around somebody that's got their major shit together, right? And then, right, I, and I, I'm sure other teachers get it, right? Because we've had our little discussions. Um, then we have like this mass, just this huge, huge number of people uh, sent us emails and uh, you know they they want they want something for nothing. They want uh, they want the teachers to understand. You have to understand, right? You don't understand, right? Um, I I can't. There's lots of reasons I can't. Is that damn furnace yet? <laughs> anyway, so um, you know there, there's again the pissing and moaning and. And, you know, we want to take the easy route. Um, you know, I, I want to do this as long as it's not too difficult. Um, you know, uh, if it really pushes my buttons, oh, that I'm, I'm out of here, right? Um, really. Just So we, we fantasize about being the baddest mofo on the block, right? We, we hold this epitome of this super warrior. But if we could listen to ourselves, and I'm going to stop right there, okay? Because I understand. To, during today's class, I, I, I don't want. I don't want to dwell on where the path takes you and where we are, right? For some of us, right? Where we are, and and uh, and whether we're still moving toward an idealized goal, right? This this fully actualized human being, right? Uh, the Japanese term is tatsuji, right? Uh, it was actually a, a term that was used for uh, like this super freaking sword master way back in the day. But tatsuji, right? The, the, the kanji, right? Jin is person, right? Tatsu is uh, another word for master or whatever, but but it points to this full actualization, right? This 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 uh, person who has reached uh, a level of mastery, right? Uh, and that's that's a word that I used to use a lot when I was uh, discussing things with students, when I was promoting our programs and all that, and and I got away from it, and um, I apologize, right? So. But it's, it's one of those things that um, the way my teachers describe things, the way Hatsumi said they describe things way back in the day, um, really pointed to more than just learning, blocking, kicking, punching, those kind of things, right? Um, if there was something about myself that I could hone, that I could develop, that would allow me to produce 
greater results, right? Not just in a self-defense situation or a survival situation, but in life, right? Um, I, I wanted to be able to do that, right? And so, um, but anyway, let's let's go back to this thing, right? Um, I can certainly what what it is that I understand is the pissing and moaning and and, and whatnot, right? Because if we go back couple of three, four years, right? Um, 42, to be exact. Um, I was that guy. I, I could have been one of these people. Now, we didn't have, like, the Internet was just things that colleges used to communicate back and forth and store things on computers that are way, way, way crippled compared to what you carry around in the palm of your hand and call a phone, right? This super, super computer kind of thing, right? But I could have been one of those guys um, or one of those people trying to explain to the teacher that I really, really, really want to be this guy. I want to be this thing, right? This ninja thing or this, this warrior. But because I too was fighting an uphill climb, right? And now I was way ahead of where my parents were, probably not as far as my grandparents were. My grandparents on my, my, on my mom's side, uh, well-established business people, uh, had a flower shop and some greenhouses and were involved in all kinds of community, uh, service things and, and had, uh, I mean, in their lives had hobnob with people that we've only ever written about or read about in history books, like uh, General MacArthur and Admirals Halsey and Nimitz. And uh, my grandfather established Boy Scout troops in like the first Boy Scout troops, right? Uh, in Hawaii, in Panama, he was there for the canal rebuild. Um, he volunteered to help with space missions for like the rocket launches, just stuff, right? So, um, you know, I had these people in my life, but, um, what I also had besides the dreams, right? Was I had a butt ton of programming that if they, if the words weren't used, the, the implication was there, right? That, uh, you know, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, that we, you know, we don't do that, right? We're, we're this religion, we're this political party, we're whatever, because those other people, right, are liars and thieves and cheats. And, uh, it's the only reason why they're successful. And, um, on top of that, I was raised by, uh, a stepfather who was a sixth grade dropout and it wasn't something that I realized until much, much later in my life that the way that he could elevate himself and the way that he chose to elevate himself was to hold everybody else down. And uh, either that was physical, uh, often, especially in my case, it was name calling, um, you know, uh, nicknames like uh, stupid and, and idiots and moron and uh, those kind of things, right? Even though I was bringing home straight A, uh, grades and, and those kind of things, right? So, and I, please, this is not a woe is me kind of thing. This is a, this is a, this is a, an attempt to 
let everybody understand that in the face of people telling me that I don't understand their condition or why they can't get ahead or all of these things that are in their way, um, yeah, no, I really do because I had those, okay? Um, and there were all of these beliefs stacked on top of each other, right? I mean, I almost died when I was five years old, okay? I had rheumatic fever and um, almost died, right? I was had no idea the gravity of it. Uh, all I knew is I got to move, you know, not stay at home with this abusive guy who kept, he ruled the family with an iron fist. And I don't mean just a strict dad. I mean, if he got angry and you were close, uh, the fist landed wherever they landed kind of thing, right? So, but, um, you know, I, I was diagnosed with a heart murmur and I had this rheumatic fever. I was moved out of my house and I, I stayed at my grandparents' house for, God, a good while because they lived across the street from the medical center where my doctor was, right? And uh, there was that much of a concern that um, should something occur, they needed to be like right there, right? So in lieu of uh, admitting me and having me live in a hospital, right? I get to stay at my grandparents' house uh, and was bedridden for quite a while because, you know, they feared the worst, right? Uh, uh, call it a kid's dream or whatever, but uh, I remember having an out-of-body experience. Um, and after that was over, um, I suddenly got better faster. But either way, I, I don't try to read into those things. Um, but then I spent a good bunch of years, right, where that was the that was the crutch, right? That was the, you know, can't push yourself too hard. You've got a bad heart, uh, you know, uh, best not to get you into sports or anything like that, um, you know, whatever, right? So I got an animal on one side or a monster on one side um, doing his thing, and I've got my mom's family on the other side or push things too much and you know that's a neat dream you have that's but careful right because if you push yourself you know what happened when you were five right so there's all this stuff right and, and you know our, our memory stores this stuff right subconscious unconscious storehouse uh those kind of things right and then uh the cultural kind of things right so we don't have a cask system right k-s-k-c-a-s-k right cask class C-A-S-T-E, caste system, right, um, in our culture, right? Well, not spoken. It's kind of like the Japanese these days, right? Um, you know, the samurai uh, class system was abolished, or was it, right? Because if you know what you're looking at when you meet uh, people in the corporate structure in Japan, it's still alive and well. It just looks very, very different and Nobody talks about it, right? Um, but in, in our in our uh, culture, right, you've got the uh, employees against the management, right? I don't want to be that kind of guy. I don't want to be that person, right? Because they're right. Uh, I don't want to be a boss um, or the you know whatever, right? So we have the professions and we have the blue collar and we have the and everybody has their way of thinking that whether they do it intentionally or not gets passed on to their kids. Right. Um, we do it this way. We're not like them. Um, we believe this. So therefore, this is what's true for us. And so you got to know your place. Right. And 
you know, and, and whether those words are used or not, or it's the, it's the cliche, right? You can't have your cake and eat it too, which means, you know, uh, you know, we all have our dreams when we're kids, but you know, you, you have to get real, right? You give those things up because, um, you know, whatever. So, uh, but then that just, that just kind of builds, right? And then everybody has their own unique life story, right? Uh, we've tried something, right? And it failed. So then we throw a blanket on it. That doesn't work. No, that didn't work that time that I tried it that particular way in that context with that set. Yeah, ego doesn't want to hear that kind of stuff, right? And most, most of our friends don't either, right? Um, and then on top of that, speaking of friends, right? We gravitate to people that we feel comfortable with and they gravitate to us, right? Well, what dictates the comfort? We think the same. We speak the same. Uh, whatever, right? We, have the same, we hold the same beliefs. So now what, right? Okay. Because, well, I don't want to push things too far because if I do, then I might lose my friends, right? Because they get uncomfortable, right? Around that kind of thing. Or when I go and do this kind of thing because they either feel left out or they, they, they make comments like, um, I'm, uh, you know, uh, oh, wow, look at Mr. Big Shot, right? With the new car and the, you know, whatever, right? You see, we're not good enough for him anymore. See, and then, then we feel like shit and then we, well, then what do we do? Uh, we all know what we do. Okay. We all know what we do, right? So here's this conflict, right? Where we, well, I don't know. Do we still dream? Do we still hold on to dreams? Or did we, as some uh, some marriage vows uh, in certain ceremonies that I've been to, right, from different denominations and whatnot, right, uh, part of the vows are, or part of the things that the minister or the priest or whatever says is that, um, you know, we put away childish things. Okay, right, because we're supposed to be grown-ups. Okay, I get that, right? Um, but what are the childish things. For a lot of people, it's their dreams, right? For a lot of people that I talk to, students, uh, clients, whatever, right? Uh, uh, life coaching uh, kind of clients and all that, they haven't dreamed about anything outside of making their condition as comfortable as possible. They haven't dreamed about creating something or living a life outside the ordinary, right? Or outside of what they've become accustomed to in a very, very long time, okay? Probably as long as, if not longer than the, the physical fitness stuff they've done, right? Well, I haven't done that since high school. And you're how old, okay? So when was the last time we had a dream? When was the last time we had a dream that was so freaking big that it scared us, okay? So that was my thing, getting in the art, right? Getting, getting, I mean, you know, I was, it, it came from, it came from a utility kind of perspective, right? So, um, I don't know how many of you know that I, I got involved in needed to like by accident, right? It wasn't like most people today that it's all over the internet and you know, ninja movies and all that kind of stuff. There were a couple of books, 
right? Um, the, the, the first movie, Enter the Ninja, uh, with, uh, Franco Nero and Shokasugi, I think. Yeah, Shokasugi, right? It was this karate guy that invented a ninja, uh, history, right? On the, on the tail of this movie, right? Uh, uh, and you'd have to read the first interviews with him coming out of that movie or is wrapped around that movie. Um, not the ones later on, right? Where he just came up with all kinds of bullshit. But anyway, um, uh, there's this, this movie, right? It all came on the tail end of, of those of us who got in on kind of the, the ground floor, so to speak, right? But here's this, here's this, this image, right? And here's this, this description of the art, either by Hatsumi Sensei or Stephen Hayes, right? Or any of these guys that were, you know, fairly new on, or, you know, in on this stuff early on, right? That actually gone to Japan before it became this international, woo, big thing, right? Um, so here's this stuff, right? So we want to do this thing. But I got to tell you, man, the ton of baggage that I had that were all the reasons that just made me feel like there was no way I was worthy of doing this stuff. Right. But anyway, before I even got to that point, right. So, um, you know, it, uh, I, I think most of you know that the, this, well, a lot of you know the story about how, uh, I got involved in a karate club in what was then called junior high school. Cause I'm old and, um, we didn't have middle schools cause who the hell wants to be stuck in the middle. Right. We had elementary school and then we had junior high school and then we had senior high school. Right. Stuff you look forward to, right? Um, now kids are like in limbo. You're in middle school. Okay. Anyway, no wonder they feel like shit when they, by the time they get to high school. Anyway, um, so, uh, I got involved in this karate club because there was this part of me that, that needed to feel more powerful than the beatdowns that were occurring at home and, and the conflict between what was going on on the inside and what was going on either way. Right. So I got involved in this thing for a while. And then, um, as the life story goes, um, the monster at home really pushed me in a direction of, of, uh, not intentionally, trust me, not intentionally pushed me in the direction of, um, wanting to never, ever, ever, live in fear again if i could survive to 18 and get out on my own i was going to do everything in my power to make sure that i never ever lived like that and two that i was not that kind of a husband father and three that i was going to do something to become a protector for those people that I knew were like me and living in those kind of conditions. And so I could protect those people against those kind of negative role models. Let's call them negative role models. Um, and so that really, really is what put me on the path, right? So I started looking at everything. I mean, I, you know, going into the military, I chose to be a military policeman. Luckily, I was able to do that because the minimum height requirement in the United States Army, at least then for a military policeman, was 5'8", 
right? I'm five, six and three quarters on a good day, right? So how the hell did that happen? Well, I lucked out. I, mean, I had a backup. The backup was military intelligence because I didn't care how I did it by cop badge or by fighting terrorists or whatever. I was going to do something where I was fighting the bad guys. So um, I, I kind of lucked out and got, got into that. Um, so that was my that was my entry into law enforcement and, and all that kind of stuff, right? To protect the bad guys, and you know that was supposed to also protect me uh, or keep me from living a, a fear filled life and all that. And then again, there's there's lots of other episodes to listen to uh, or to to go through with bits and pieces of these. Or what is it? Episode sixty eight, I think, was my reboot on this whole thing, where that was what I laid out for hour and a half, two hours, something like that, that whole freaking story, right? Um, but anyway, um, so not only did I become a cop, but also doing that early training and realizing that, well, shit, the extent of my self-defense training was being a graduate of Wednesday and Thursday. Probably It was probably like Wednesday and Thursday or Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It was like three days um, during the the police training, right, that we did afternoon training in what I called the government six, right, um, these six techniques that we did to certify on, right, that was then supposed to keep us safe against um, thugs and people with anger management problems and whatever, whatnot, right, um, in a liability conscious way, right, right, um, <laughs> So anyway, that drove me to to seek out more and more martial arts and self-defense training and, and try to weed through the world of styles and all that kind of stuff, right? And eventually it led me to, to this art. I had no idea what name anything was. I didn't care. I didn't care. I mean, maybe some of you guys can, can resonate with this, right? Uh, I was looking for solid, reliable self-protection stuff that... It wasn't going to turn me into a fighter, right? It wasn't going to turn me into some tough guy or, you know, I didn't need trophies or belts or whatever. I just wanted to be able to navigate and survive the kind of violence that I knew existed in the world, right? So, uh, so I, I, you know, find this stuff, right? And okay, it's called Nijutsu and, you know, whatever, okay. And, oh, wow, they acted as spies and information gatherers. And they became the first organized police Um uh, network in Japan because of the spy network that was all, all this kind of cool stuff, right? But it was like backdoor stuff that was interesting. Okay, great. But here's this stuff, right? Oh, and there's, there's self-protection for not just physical attacks, but psychological attacks, emotional, spiritual attacks, those kind of things, right? Where people just are willing to use whatever to control you, manipulate you, harm you, whatever, right? That was just super attractive that way. Yes. Yes. Cause not, you know, the, 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 the monsters are not always punching you or trying to shoot you or stab you. Right. Sometimes they're just friggin' just trying to control your life or the whatever. Right. There was this, this whole thing, right. Which became super attractive. Great. Right. But shit. It's not a dojo in every freaking town like there is with Taekwondo and some of these other schools. Um, okay, so where is this stuff? Well, you know, the Grand Masters in uh, Noda City, Japan, which is uh, uh, outside of Tokyo. Okay, well, that's not going to work. 
right? Uh, so then, okay, so where are the other teachers? Okay, well, at that point, um, there's one guy and two of his most senior students had dojo. One was in California. One was in Atlanta, Georgia, or just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And the top guy in the in U.S. was in or just outside of Dayton, Ohio, in this little town called Germantown. Well, shit, right? So, okay, now what, right? So, so I, I get it when people, you know, come up with their, well, I can't do that because there's nobody in my town. Okay, now what? Are you going to settle for something else? Do something because something's better than nothing, right? Or are you going to bitch and moan about it, right? Um, I always tell my students how lucky they are, right, because... This art's always been difficult to get, right? How much bitching and moaning would people be doing if we were in ancient Japan and the only way to get into a ninja family was to be born into one, right? I really wish I could. Well, okay, then what's the next best thing? You start to make friends and connections and all that and hope that you can kind of ease your way in. Um, but then it's like, super secret and guarded and uh oh by the way the ninja villages are on these really freaking high mountains and i don't mean like mountains like most people are used to seeing i mean if you've ever been to japan or been to japan with me or whatever or all these buses coming down from togakushi right from the shrines and, and all that stuff right and i'm pointing this stuff out where they've had to like have engineering marvels with highways that literally look like a freaking look like a, a matchbox uh, spiral kind of set, right? Um, that maybe that's not something that somebody just kind of made up in their head. It's mirrored off of a road uh, in this ravine, right? Because the mountains are like this, right? And they, the, the, these people moved there so that it was difficult for the governmental powers that be to send armies to get you to freaking comply and, and whatever, right? Um, so here you are, right? You, you're going to have to do this, right? So how much bitching and moaning that that's not fair. And, you know, the teacher should come to me and, and, and really, have you not read any of the history books? Have you not, um, you know, whatever. Right. So, um, so, uh, so here's this art, right? And now on top of that, right, I'm in the U.S. Army, which means that, um, yeah, I get a, I get a month of paid vacation uh, once a year, right? Uh, and every once in a while I can get three-day or four-day passes, right? Um, uh, first year I was in, after, after basic training, uh, I'm in South Korea. So I'm as close to Japan as I can get. But, uh, see, the grandmaster, I mean, why, why would he accept somebody like me? You know, and maybe I didn't think in those words, but every time I thought about going and training, there was this knot in my chest or a lump in my throat. And there was this, this, this feeling that, you know, that's just not, it's just not something that I can do. I was an hour and 55 minute flight on a free military or a $10 military flight from training with the top guy in the world. Nothing got in my way but me. Now I know that now. And most of the people that would be that would be saying, yeah, but 
in emails or even if we have conversations here. No matter what you say, I got to tell you, from this point looking back, if I could go back, I would grab that younger me by the throat and slap the shit out of myself, right? And say, you know what, when you finally get over this stuff that these anchors and these rocks and whatever that people have attached to you, and you allowed, right? I mean, at a certain point, you weren't a kid anymore, right? You were over 18 or you're over 80, you're over 21, right? And you could do what you needed to do, right? But you didn't, right? Um, I, I would have slapped the shit out of myself um, and shook myself awake. I, I, my younger me would have been pissed off at me, right? Because I'm just another one of those people, right? That have this really great, uh, you know, really great uh, philosophy. But my younger me would have looked at me today and told me, you understand, right? You've had all these like special things happen to you, right? You were born a certain way. You've got certain, uh, you've had certain mentors and your family was great. And I, you, you don't just understand my condition. I would have looked at the older me and told me that I don't understand, right? So here's the thing, right? The, the, the question for the, for the, for this episode, and those of you who are listening in on Apple Tunes and, and Stitcher and all these other places where we are, right? You're not going to see this, right? You, you're going to have to look at the, at the little, um, what do you call it? The, the, uh, the thumbnail or the, the little, uh, promotional thing that we, we put out for this thing, right? If you're on YouTube, right? You have to bring up that little picture again. I'm going to see if I can flash it in front of everybody again, right? So there it is. Okay. So. Here was the question, right, that led this whole thing off, right? What do you do when you have limited time, live hundreds or even thousands of miles from a qualified needs to teacher, and have a lifetime of programming keeping you from seeing a solution to getting the training you've been wanting for a really long time? Now, this is Kuden Podcast, and at the moment we're talking about, when I say training, right, I mean everything that this art has to offer. What most people think of, even the most dedicated practitioners, right, there's like, Five percent or less that that they know it theoretically, but they still don't apply this to their greater life. Right? To them it's still Kamai and Swords and 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 Kata and Sanshin and Kyonapo and punching, kicking, blocking, rolling, leaping. What it's still the martial stuff. Right? It's still only that that small aspect that makes up needed to, right? Uh, and I can't do anything about that. I, I keep teaching the way I'm teaching and until somebody clicks and, and starts applying this stuff, uh, to their relationships, to their, to their everyday goals, right? So they could vacation where they've always wanted to vacation or so they can use it, uh, to improving their, their financial, uh, level or their, their, their level of wealth or whatever, right? It's always just going to be this, this box of toys in their closet that they pull out and they play with as with regards to fighting or surviving a physical uh, thing or whatever, right? Meanwhile, the same people piss them off uh, and get them engaged in arguments or uh, make them feel like shit or make them feel like they need to defend themselves because they're being attacked emotionally or at a spiritual level or whatever. And when I say spiritual, I don't mean religion, right? Um, 
but all these things are still going on, right? Life still feels shitty in all these other areas, but, you know, when I'm in the dojo, right, then, then I feel like I'm in control of my life. Except that's not your life unless you're actually being attacked, right? So you're prepping to be successful in an area of your life that you're least likely to have conflict than all of these other things, but somehow we can't make the breakthrough and see or dive into or use the lessons that will make us more successful in those areas. Interesting. But, you know, it's just a martial art, right? What have I always said? Ninjutsu is not a real martial art. In the context that most people define martial arts, let me take this picture back out of here, um, that, that they define martial arts, it's not a, it's not a real martial art. In most conventional martial arts, the way people think of martial arts, right, uh, a martial artist, the punching, blocking, kicking, self-defense, sport, whatever, and then all these other life things like increased confidence and discipline and respect and honor and integrity and all these kind of things are like side effects. Like martial arts is the flu and the side effect is you feel like shit and your muscles are weak for a week, whatever. Um this is backwards, right? This, this art is backwards, right? All of the life power, life mastery stuff came first. And then the martial skills were developed as a way to protect that from the powers that be because it was developed during a time in history, just like in, in, um, in Europe, right? That if you didn't believe in the same religion that the ruler had, you were going to be imprisoned or killed. Right. If you didn't um, if you didn't keep yourself at the social rung of the ladder uh, or the rung of the social ladder, whatever. Right. That you were born into. Right. You were going to be jailed or killed for overstepping your place. Right. All these things. Right. All these control things. Right. So we don't have those today from a legal standpoint. I know I've looked. Okay. Um, but we certainly have it from a, from a, a social, cultural, heritage, familial kind of thing, right? We were told this is your lot in life. And if you weren't told, if you weren't, you know, those weren't the words that were used, uh, it was still implied, right? Because you were taught who to hate and why. That's bullshit too, but right? so it is what it is, right? So here we are, right? So how do we, right? With limited time, with all these things, right? I've read it, right? You can go back and read it again, right? How do we do this, right? Well, it was, it's the same dilemma that I faced, right? I was in the military. I had to get permission. Like, mom, dad, can I go out and play? It was worse than that, right? Many people up the chain had to sign off on whether I could go or not, right? Um, so, you know, then when I wasn't, uh, the, my first year in the military outside of basic training and my, um, my law enforcement training um, was at regular duty stations. My, well, my first year was in, in South Korea, and that was considered a hardship tour because I couldn't have my family with me, right? But as a private in the United States Army, 
I didn't make very much money, right? And I had a family to support because I created a life situation for myself where I got married at 18. Okay. I got married on my 18th birthday. Six months later, graduated from high school and went straight into the military. Uh, 11 days, I think. Nine days. Nine days after I graduated. Okay. Uh, right into basic and AIT, came home for a week or week and a half, something like that. And then I was off to this hardship tour where I couldn't have my family, but the military has this little thing that, uh, if you don't support your family, failure to take care of your dependents is a criminal offense, according to the United States or the, um, UCMJ. So the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which as a military policeman, I was enforcing, right? Which means that all but $75 of my monthly pay went home. So not a lot of money to do much of anything with. Okay. And often it was more than, or it was less than $75 that I kept because uh, my first wife spent money <laughs> and she was thousands of miles away from her husband. So there was no stop gap or anything. Right. Anyway, so um, so I, I get restrictions, right? I get job description or job restrictions. I'm betting that most people have not signed their life away uh, and become uh, what's known as a GI, right, or government issue, right? Becoming government property, right? Um, slavery does not exist in the United States, but indentured servitude still does because that's technically what happens when you uh, enlist into the military. Right. So there's all that wonderful stuff. Right. And then there's the needs that family have. So whether I was in this hardship tour or I was back in the States uh, at Fort Bragg, North Carolina stationed there, which was a first responder kind of unit, which means that when the whole thing in Grenada happened, guess where I went. Right. So there's these pla there's these units and, and places where uh, they're, they're the first to be deployed. Right. Uh, and then I spent three years in Germany, had my family there as well. Right. So, uh, I get it. Right. Um, limited money, limited time, uh, no teachers. Right. I already told you where the teachers were. Right. Uh, I did, uh, once I, I started to break from the, the programming and that took, that took a lot. Right. That took leaps of faith. That took, Doing things where there was no guarantee of success. That took doing things that I had never done before to do it, right? That took doing things that wife, friends, coworkers, and everything told me I was nuts for. There was panic. There was, oh, wow yelling and screaming and how could you do this to us and and you didn't know that that was being going to be successful but you know look you, the, what what it really comes down to is i am not going to get this training i'm not going to get what it is that i need or think i need to move forward if i don't do anything at all if i take no action i'm going to get nothing guaranteed Okay. Guaranteed to fail if I don't act. Okay. I might fail if I act. 
So there's a chance of success. Okay? So, so what do you do? You do what you can, right? The first thing you do is you do research and figure out what your options are. Right? And then, you pull the trigger. You take action. Warriors are people of action. Warriors make decisions. Okay? So, here is something that I'm now able to tell people. Right? I have not always been right. But I have never been in doubt. After a certain point. <laughs> because I had to get over the program doubt. But what if it's wrong? But what if? But what if? But, but what if? Right? What if I don't do anything? Okay? The number of people that hold themselves to a lower level. Okay? Um, I just, I saw somebody sign on. Jen! Jen Votel is here, right? Hi, Jen. I just saw you on. Don't know what's happening, but hey. <laughs> I don't know if she's still on or not. If, you st if you're still on, say hey. Um, but uh, Jen's in a position now. She and her husband and her son just got started at the, at the academy. Um, some of you guys are local students. Rob Murphy's on. Hey, Rob. Uh, he's one of my local guys. Um, if you've been, if you're a part of my academy, right, uh, or if you've been through the instructor training program, I've explained how I do this, right? Uh, we have an introductory program, right? And we do it in different ways, right? Not a big fan of like a free class because I, I think that to, to have somebody go through a class and then expect them to enroll based on the experience in that single class, when it's brand new, they're confused, right? They don't know what to expect, right? All that kind of stuff, right? Is just, it's retarded. It's just, it's, wow, really? Okay. So what if it was a bad experience? What if they couldn't get through their own confusion and their own anxiety and their own self-doubt and all that kind of stuff, right? And so they, they're done with the class and they're just, I don't know, right? Or <laughs> even worse yet, right? We're going to do what 99.9% .9 of martial arts schools do. Somebody shows up, you either put them into a uniform or not, but what you do is you have their first free class as a group class, and they don't know what the hell's going on. But what you're going to do is you're going to say, hey, going out there with everybody else, and you may not use these words, but the implication is there, right? Going out there with everybody else and uh, try to keep up. The hell is that, right? So um, what I do is at especially with the older kids, uh, teens, and adults, right? With the little ones, the little, little ones, they don't do so well one-on-one -on -one with a stranger, and they shouldn't, right? And they do best in game kind of format anyway, and they, they, they're really good at sorting things out, right? So they're the only ones that I, I do that with, right? But the older ones, um, one of the biggest misgivings is not knowing what to expect, not, not just, you know, being lost, right? Um, this is not like signing up for baseball, football, soccer, whatever. Even if I'm not sure that I'm physically fit for this, I've grown up in a culture where those are the those are the games. Kind of like growing up in the UK or uh, one of the their associated countries and stuff, right? And understanding cricket and understanding what we call soccer to them is football, right? 
because that's just so much a part of the culture, right? Nobody has to explain things to you because it's been explained along the way, right? Martial arts, not so much, right? So we do a private class, okay? And the three promises I make or the three reasons I give new students for doing the private class is so that one, you can get a feel for and, a, and kind of a, a taste of what my, my approach is like as a teacher or how we approach things, okay? So you'll know, because we're about to establish a long-term relationship, right? Why would I not do that, okay? Getting somebody to sign up after one free class is like having a first date with somebody and at the end of the date going, so you wanna marry me? That sounds good, right? Holy shit. They don't run from you, right? But we've got these weird freaking assumptions, right? So, um, what's what's the what's the you know what's your feel? How how are we going to connect, right? Is that is that going to work, right? Two, I don't want you to feel lost when you get into your first group class. So I'm going to give you at least a couple of things, right? That um, you'll at least have an anchor point too. So even though in that group class you're probably going to get exposed to some other things, right? But these two or three things, oh, okay, I don't feel completely lost, right? I got this, right? And I get to establish some boundaries, right? I want to know if I'm going to be potentially enrolling somebody who's actually going to be a good student. They're actually going to study, learn, practice, those kind of things, right? So the couple of things that I teach you during this introductory class, I'm going to expect that you go home and practice because... I'm not giving you your white belt. Everything in my dojo is earned, okay? So when you come back, you're going to demonstrate these things. You're going to demonstrate a respectful attitude, okay? So you're going to show me the bow, right? And yes, we use yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. I don't care that everybody else goes by first name basis, right? It's probably the reason why most training groups have a hard time holding on to people because as soon as you go first name with people, they assume peer relationship, whether they mean to or not. It is what it is, right? It's basic psychology. It's not my idea. Look it up, okay? Um, but I want to make sure that they're going to be a good student, so uh, they have to do that, right? Uh, they're going to have to demonstrate one or two of these things that I give them up front. They're fairly simple things, right? Um, and they're going to have to recite the first part of the student creed which not only is part of the way we think and process things, but it's also um, about them and being successful, right? And it starts them on this personal personal growth kind of path, right? But either way, right, there's this thing, right? So I get to assess this and, and whatnot, right? But I'm telling you all this because I want, to, I want to describe something that goes on during the first private class, okay? Um, so I, I cover, with the kids, it's typically one of these chi-tobi or what we call a bunny drop kind of thing. It's this dropping under something that's coming at your head, right? Could be intentional by a violent attacker, or it could just be you're near some jack wagon, wing nut, whatever, that's screwing around and not paying attention and something's coming at you, right? Or it could be like I, one of the stories I tell is when I was a Boy Scout, um, I'm, I'm out on this uh, hike with, with the troop, right? And um, see, I grew up in the, in the city, right? So I'm out there and like there's trees and I love nature, right? So I'm out there and I'm freaking looking at birds and listening to sounds and looking at the sky and trees and all that and 
Jeff's not paying attention, and guess what? His friend in front of him, not paying attention either, right? Moves this pine branch out of the way, doesn't go, hey, branch, just let's go. But me, I'm looking at everything else. Next thing I know, I find myself on my ass putting, picking pine sap out of my teeth because I get hit with this branch, right? So shit happens, right? We're either around stuff that's happening and we're not paying attention or whatever, right? So, uh, so there's this, this thing that, that, you know, kids typically get, the adults typically get like a block so they can understand this natural approach to strength through positioning as opposed to, as opposed to being physically strong. You know, how do I defend myself against somebody who's bigger, stronger, whatever? Uh, so there's that, right? And then we do this basic evasion thing using this hit on the Kamai kind of thing, right? And then, uh, because people typically come in, I know Jen did, she admitted to it. Lots of people do, right? I want to hit something. Fantastic, right? So let's do a kick, right? So um, I, I set this whole thing up, right? We're going to do this this rising shin kick, this soki ken uh, kind of thing, right? It's an extension off the knee, uh, and um, you know, do a basic ready position and whatever, right? But before we do it, right? Because I, I want people to understand that we will be breaking through mindset. We will be breaking through whatever you think you've established as I've got my shit together level. Right. I'm going to approach and I'm going to push and f- make you push against your comfort zones, because at a certain point in life. 17, 18. OK. Success will always be just outside your comfort zone. Massive success will be way outside your comfort zone. OK. So you will be forced to face the reality that. Nothing and no one is getting in your way but you, okay? I truly do believe that life keeps nothing from you. Life will give you what you expect to get, okay? Life keeps nothing from no one, okay? Unless you live in a country with an oppressive regime and there is military and armed police on the street forcing you to comply, in which case you fucking defect, you escape the country, right? You risk death to change your condition. Or you capitulate. I'm sorry, that's a $50 word out of a $5 mouth, right? You comply. You sit back and you make the best of your cage, which is what most people do anyway, right? You decorate it and whatever. You make the best of your cage. And you live out your life, hopefully in comfort, as long as nobody's knocking on your door, which is what happens. Okay. Um, and this is just the reality of the situation. Okay. The more sense you make out of and the more you want to justify your position, the more I'm right. Okay. So, and it's just the reality of things. Yeah, but is a justification for staying where you are. It is what it is, right? But either way, life keeps nothing from no one, okay? It's it's karma. It's the boomerang effect, right? You get back exactly, not just what you put out, you get back exactly what you expect to see. The cool thing about our brain is it tunes in to exactly what you want to see. So if you think life sucks, if you think life is hard, right, Ego will show you every day, every minute of every day, proof positive 
See, there's another reason. There's another reason. There's another reason, right? See, if I'm tuned into something very different, all those things are just, well, that's a jack wagon, right? I'm just, I'm going to go hang out over here, right? Let him be him. I'm going to go over here, right? Man, she's, whew, wow. She's having a bad day. Maybe she's having a bad moment. Okay, fair enough, right? Um, I'll, I'll talk to her again tomorrow. Maybe that'll work out better, okay? But if I expect to see that life is like, you know, unicorns and roses and, 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 and fairy farts, then I'm going to be tuned into that. Okay, but in both cases, I'm not suggesting either one of these because in both cases, I'm deluded, right? Yes, I'm seeing all the bad stuff. Meanwhile, I'm ignoring all of the positive things and uh, all of the uh, opportunities for making things better, right? If I believe that everything is rainbows and unicorns and, and fairy farts, then I'm also not preparing myself or at least making sure that I have skills that will protect me if shit goes bad, right? Um, other than, you know, it's everybody else's fault, right? Don't want to look at the fact that I didn't, I, I don't have anything on standby, right? Of course, I could also choose to just, you know, attack everybody else or, or put out this big, bold front, that keeps people uneasy so that there's less likelihood that they'll bring their shit in my direction, right? And if they do, I'll yell and scream and threaten them and, and all those kind of things, right? Um, whatever, right? Um, but either way, right? So there's there's all these choices that we have, but the 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 the, the, the reality, and this is this is uh, neuroplasticity. This is modern brain science, right? That you create. The you based on perspective, internal and external. Okay. It's actually one of the three aspects of a ninja as well, right? Shiki Oshinobu, right? Balancing the external and internal viewpoints to make sure that they're in alignment, right? Um, lest one become a cynical, pissy individual or somebody that's so blissfully oriented that they can't see uh, the doorframe that they're about to walk into. Because, you know, it's just an illusion anyway. Really? It's going to be a fucking painful illusion is what it's going to be. Anyway, so, um, so anyway, there's this, there's this part of this class, right, where I'm going to do this rising shin kick, right? So I teach him this ready position, right, and get him ready and kind of, I, I tell him how easy the kick is, right? I don't even have to teach it. You're just going to swing your shin up like you're going to kick somebody in the, you know, and give them a lump in their throat that he used to piss out of, right? So everybody likes that, right? But before they go, right, they're in this position and, right, just probably fresh in Jen's mind because it was just the other day, right? And I say, okay, look, before you kick, before we start, what I want you to do is take one of your hands, I don't care which one, and I want you to hold it out in space at the level that you think it's that's the highest that you can kick. And maybe not with your shin. It could be with your foot, your toes, or whatever, because we're going to hit an angle, probably, right, that... It won't, you won't be hitting the target so well with your shin. You're going to have to use your foot, your toes, or whatever. But just what's the highest, right? And I'll have people that, like, you're vacillating. I'll have people that, you know, like, dead on do this thing. And then, you know, I, I say the level, the highest that you can kick, and the hand may low. All kinds of things happen, right? But either way, then I pull out this, this blocker target, right? And I say, okay, we're going to start at the belt level, okay? And so when I say kick, just swing your shin up, kick it, right? If we get to a level where it's not easy to get with your shin, then just use your 
the ball of your foot or your toes. And I don't care how hard you kick it, right, as, as you go up, right? What I'm looking at is, you know, you, you can touch it, okay? Anybody want to change? And sometimes I ask this and sometimes I don't, right? Anybody want to change the level? Uh, whatever, whatever, right? So we start at the belt level, right? Kick, okay, that, that works out, right? Then belly button, then uh, high stomach, low chest, right? Right about where the, where the, uh, the xiphoid process is, right? At the, the bottom of your sternum, right? And then mid chest, upper chest, chin, nose level, eyebrow level, top of the forehead, top of the head, over the head, that kind of thing, right? And so um, uh, everybody's having a good time, right? They're all kicking and stuff. And everyone... Everyone, there has not been anyone that has not kicked higher than the position of their hand. Okay, now some people want to cheat in the beginning. They want to throw their leg up and then stick their hand out. No, 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 no. How high can you kick? Okay, so uh, we get to the end of it, right? And I I get the, the, the job of saying, and I make a joke out of it, right? You lied to me. You said you could only kick this high and really kick this high. You said you could kick this high and really you kick this high. Right, whatever, right? You lied to me. And they're, you know, everybody's kind of sheepish or coy or uh, whatever, right? And I say, actually, I lied. Okay? This had n- nothing to do with kicking. I mean, you kick, I had you kicking. But it had nothing to do with kicking. This was all about goal setting and achievement. And see, here's the thing. All right? Now, if it's kids that I'm dealing with, I look at the parents. If it's adults, I'm looking you right in the eye. Okay? Here's the thing. Most people, especially adults, set goals for themselves that are way, way lower than they can achieve. And you do it for one or two reasons. Okay? One, they're afraid of failure. Or they're afraid of what other people will say if they fail or if they don't live up to expectations or whatever. The second reason, which I think most people that come in, are they're, they're in this category, right? They don't know, okay? So they pick something. But they pick something that seems reasonable. Most of you that have been following along with the, with the podcast, you know my, my aversion to reasonable. You know my recent run-in with my backsliding into reasonable. Let me tell you that I've really fired things up, okay? And I'm fucking exhausted. But you know what? I'm not going to slow down because I've been reasonable for way too long. I let this, 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 ah, this, this state of average but better leak its way into my freaking personality and into my, my thinking and my mindset makes me just want to throw up thinking about it. And I'm not kidding at the moment. I've got a sick in my stomach feeling okay? every time I think about it. Okay? Passion waned. The enthusiasm waned because I was comfortable. I was doing okay. I was doing well. But I wasn't doing what I have always dreamed of doing. And that, to me, is sickening. It may not be to you, and I'm not telling you you have to be this, but I am telling you that the answer to the question that I posed for this episode is you need to stop 
making excuses. You need to stop being reasonable. You need to stop setting your, you know, it's not setting goals. You need to stop reducing your dreams, wants, desires, goals, or whatever to your current circumstances or nothing will change. You need to stop making excuses that, well, I would train if there was a school in my town. Really? For how long? I promise you that you will be more engaged with your freaking training the more you have to spend on it in time, effort, money, resources, planning, all kinds of things. Because you better. You have to. That'll be that internal feeling. Holy shit, I work for this? You bet your ass I'm getting there. It's like going to the buffet. I paid how much for this? I'm getting it. That's why people overeat the buffet. Because they never feel like they got their money's worth. That's psychology 101. That's not my belief. That's just studies. Right? So, anyway, right? So, we, we talk about this. And then I talk about that one of the jobs of us as the, as the instructors, right? As the teachers, is to set goals for you that are just beyond what you think you can do, right? You're probably going to doubt them pretty well. But if you just trust the process, you have belief in your teachers that they're, that they're here for your best interest, right? It's not about them, right? You'll know that very, very quickly, right? If they're looking for disciples because they need to feel like they're something, right? Um, if you trust them and trust the practice process and you practice, you'll be able to reach it. Right. But the goal is the, the goal in this art is to develop a mindset that you're willing to set goals for yourselves that you're for yourself, that when you set it, you have no freaking idea how you're going to make it, but you do know you're going to figure it out. And you also trust that even if I fail, I will be so far beyond the attainment of a reasonable goal that it won't matter that I fell short. Okay, it's like when I when I have uh, uh, certain classes with the kids, and I say, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And let's say a kid says a lawyer, and I go, great. What happens if you fall short? Well, a kid doesn't know because that's not how we approach it, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a lawyer. Oh, great! You're going to be a lawyer. Right? Really? What if you miss your mark? What are you going to be then? Okay. How about if I want to be a lawyer? Okay, great. What's the highest position in this country? I don't know what it is in, in other countries, but what's the highest position in this country that you can be as a lawyer? Short of being a politician. <laughs> it's the highest position as a working lawyer. Okay. It's a member of the Supreme Court of the United States. But there's only nine positions. So what's your chances of hitting one of those nine positions? I don't know. Okay, uh, Pretty freaking slim, right? Considering there's only nine and all the people that graduate from law school every year. But if I don't aim for it, I'm never going to hit it, right? But what if I fall short? Well, then I could be on the superior court. I could be on one of the circuit courts. I could be a Supreme Court uh judge in one of the 50 states or possessions. Uh, I could be a federal prosecutor. I could be way beyond just being a lawyer. Not that there's anything wrong with just being a lawyer, but you get the idea, right? If I aim for that and fall short, I'm going to be way beyond 
just being a lawyer. And that goes for any position. I don't care if I'm setting out, I'd really love to, I, I love working on machines. I don't care what the machine is. I would love to uh, work on machines in a big manufacturing plant. Great. Okay. There's a difference between hoping I get hired as a maintenance guy on one of the shifts in this big plant and setting out to be the head of the department so that I can, I can make sure that every person on this freaking maintenance team puts the right attention into these things because if they don't work, the plant doesn't make money. The degree to which they work is directly in proportion to the amount of efficiency and and product that goes out and mistakes that happen and errors and grease that ends up in cans with, with green beans or whatever, right? So for me to control the passion and degree to which my coworkers have or the other guys on the team, I'm going to leave the team. It's a huge difference in goal. I don't care if it's that or if it's parent or it's teacher or whatever, right? Okay. So, but how do you do that? Well, the first thing you do is you get back to freaking dreaming. Okay. And then in relationship to that, you visualize yourself actually doing the thing. So in this case, we're talking about needed to. Okay. It's one thing to take classes. I just mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, right? Some people, their goal or their dream stops with, I want to train in the martial arts. Okay. Fantastic. Go to a martial arts school, take one class. You've accomplished your goal. You have trained in the martial arts. What's next? Okay. What's the purpose? What, what, what is it? Right? Okay. I want to be a black belt in martial arts. Okay, great. That's going to take you some time. That's going to take learning certain things. It's going to take practicing things. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take practicing when you don't freaking feel like it. It's going to take going to class after you just got off of a hard shift and, or I just, I ate from the last class. Okay. And, okay. But when do you want to make that black belt buy? And don't tell me next week, because if it's going to be next week, that's easy. You hop on awma.com or century.com or any of these other martial arts supply places, Tiger Claw, whatever, right? Order yourself a black belt. There you go. Now you have a black belt. You can tell anybody whatever story you want, okay? But if you want to be worth that black belt, if you want that black belt to mean something, what you've envisioned that it means, it's going to take some work. It's going to take time, effort. Oh, I forgot. It's going to take time away from other things that you enjoy doing. Nothing comes without a cost. Okay? One of the realms on the mandala, one of the aspects of mastery is sacrifice. You can't do everything. You're going to have to pick and choose. If you're a parent, you know, you've already told your kids, it's this or this. You can't do both. But I want to do both. I know, but I'm not running around to both of them. Okay? And you can't be good at both of them if you split your time. You can be okay. You can spend your time on the team. 
you can go through the motions, but you're not going to be great. Sorry, doesn't work that way. Okay, so it's going to take time away from family. It's going to take time away from the things you enjoy. It's going to take money away from things that you might want for something else. It's going to take prioritizing. It's going to take recovering from some bruises or other things, right? It's going to take being uncomfortable because I believe that I'm a certain way or uh, I'm capable of certain things. The world works a certain way. I work a certain way. Uh, the interaction between people, the higher I go, right, is going to require that I learn things that some are comfortable, some are not. Some are downright unfreaking comfortable, right? It's going to require that I uh, shift my belief system about certain things. It's going to require it's going to require more than what most people hold out as their excuses. Well, I can't travel for training because I live like you know the closest teachers like a hundred miles away. Yeah, and okay. Why well, don't have like? Uh, uh, Okay, what will it take? So we've got the dream, reestablishing the dream. Seeing yourself, if you can't see yourself doing the, the thing, right? You've attained that level. You're in that uniform. You wear that black belt or whatever it is, right? Whatever level it is, right? And you're, you can't see yourself like easily sidestepping things, taking stuff. How the hell will you recognize it when it happens? Or what will keep you motivated during the challenging times? Okay. Then, see, most people would say that you plan, right? Make a plan to make it happen. I don't buy that. I don't buy it. Okay. Because you can make up whatever plan you want. But if you're missing certain elements or you only make the plan based on comfort and comfort zones, you won't be doing it for very long. It's kind of like people that do New Year's resolutions. Okay. It's a good idea. Follow about what, 15 minutes or a week or three weeks or a month and a half. Okay. It's just, okay. We have to remember that our habit patterns are not up here. Our habit patterns are burned into muscle memory. That's why we feel uncomfortable when we're sitting for a certain amount of time and we're in a place where we're not allowed to use our cell phones. Because when we're uncomfortable, we want to reach for that and go into scroll mode or check my email. And I want to check to see if anybody sent me messages. Oh, oh, that's a funny meme. Let me post that. Right? Those are all habits. Right? All of these things. Right? We, we, it's in muscle memory. Of course we're going to feel uncomfortable. We're doing something different. We're doing something atypical. We're doing something outside. That subconscious is not back here. It's here. Right? That's why it's very difficult to will yourself to do these things. Okay? It's not about willing yourself. It's just, you, you have to use your intellectual brain, your left brain, to override your freaking emotional state. That's not me. That doesn't feel right. I'm not comfortable. Who gives a shit? Is the goal, is the goal worth having or accomplishing? That's why in, in the, the sim, symbolism of our uh, philosophical stuff and our, our mind science, right? There's this sword that cuts in all direction. It's supposed to cut through that bullshit, 
It's the intellect. Right? That doesn't mean that we don't live life. Right? Because that's exposing ourselves to depths of experience, a depth of experience. Right? But way too many, and, and if you understand brain science, right? We think a thought, that thought creates an emotion. That emotion is the byproduct of a chemical electrical response in the brain. That chemical electrical response does everything from like cause certain things to fire in your brain to your, uh, your hypothalamus dropping chemicals into your blood system. And part of that are these things called peptides. These peptides are neurotransmitters for emotional states. And they have docking, there's docking ports on your, on your cells that allow you to, the cell to shift into the state for happiness, pissed off, anxious, depressed, whatever. Okay? The more you do, more you use those, and the more you stay in a certain state, when your cells subdivide, I got really weird fucking hobbies, don't I? Anyway, when your cells subdivide, right, the sister cell, the cell that was produced in the subdivision, has more docking point parts for the peptides, for the emotional state triggers that you keep yourself in normally. Because your body's wired to get to where you want to be, where you say you want to be, or you've conditioned yourself to be faster. So changing yourself and getting to a point of balance to getting to be in a different state more often, more regularly or whatever, right, is going to require that you do things that are uncomfortable to Tell your body, when it subdivides and creates sister cells, it needs more docking ports for the thing I want to be, not for the thing I am. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be unbalancing. It's going to be confusing. It's, it's, it's going to be a process, right? But anyway, right? So it's not about willing yourself, and it's not about just haphazardly throwing a freaking plan together. It's going to take some research, okay? So what do I need to get this training, okay? How do I know this? Well, shit, I was stationed overseas. The teacher that I chose, top guy in the country at the time, right, was in this little freaking hick town of what the population was 1,500, and they had 15 churches, Holy shit. It's in Dayton, Ohio. Okay? When I fully, finally decided to pull the trigger. Okay? And do more than just videos and magazine articles and reading books and trying to practice on my own based on still photographs and, and communicating back and forth with people and all that kind of stuff, right? I was on the other side of the freaking planet. So don't tell me, like, I don't want to have to drive a half an hour to class. Okay, don't. Figure out something else. Or accept the fact that you won't do what you need to do to get the training. And now you've got freaking internet programs? Holy shit. And now i got people going, well, those things suck. Because, like, training in a dojo with a teacher, that's best. Okay, then go find a seminar or a teacher that you can go train. Well, I, I can't do that because, like, they're, they live that, they're, they're, they're not in my town. And so, okay. So the next best thing you're not going to do because you can't do the other thing because you, man, I wish people would just record their bullshit and then listen to it. 
and, and but listen to it as though somebody else were saying it, so they can poke holes into it because you know it's different when they do it. It's just, anyway, so let's get back to the storyline because Jeff keeps jumping off the freaking bandwagon here, or getting on his on his soapbox or something. Anyway, so and I'm, I'm telling you these things because I had to I had to kick myself in the ass. I had to at one point listen to my freaking teachers and do what needed to be done because my own bullshit wasn't producing the results that needed to be produced. So anyway, right? So what it comes down to, and again, I'm talking about Nietzsche training, but this is the same for this friggin' dream vacation you've always wanted to take or this, this job you've always wanted to have or this degree or whatever it is. I don't care. Whatever that thing is that you think is so far beyond your reach that you keep putting off until someday or tomorrow. If tomorrow never comes, someday's never going to show up. You know, tomorrow never comes, right? Okay. When tomorrow shows up, it's today. There's no such thing as tomorrow. Tomorrow's a dream. It's, a, it's an illusion, right? You don't wait for tomorrow. You create tomorrow. Because if you don't, if you don't take proactive st steps, tomorrow's going to be a carbon copy of today. You know that same shit, different day? Okay? That's why in, in, um, in Buddhism and in, the, in this Mikyo mind science kind of stuff, right? Samsara, which is supposed to be the Buddhist equivalent of hell. It's not outside of work or, or your, the planet or whatever. It's not the opposite of heaven or anything like that, right? Samsara means to go around very much. The word, the literal word, samsara, right? The Sanskrit word means to go around very much. It's like being on a friggin' merry-go-round you can't get off of. It's entertaining for a while. But after a while, it's the same shit over and over and over. I know some people stand there waiting for their turn to ride. Some people come and go. Some guys walking by with a dog, whatever. But eventually, it's the same shit. Okay? It's, it's the same problem that, that, um, your favorite rock bands or country band, whatever, right? Your fa favorite musical, um, uh, stars, right? Run into. Just ends up being another town, another stage, another audience of faceless people that I may shake hands for or sign autographs for or what I know this sounds awfully pessimistic, right? But they're saying, singing the same frickin' songs night after night after night and putting on a show looking ecstatic like it's the first time they've ever done it for this group is the first time they've ever seen it and they have to do that again and again and again or get a real job. So that can be painful anyway, right? So it's not about the willing. I have to sit down and figure out what it's going to take. How do I know that? That's what I did. Okay. All right. So the teacher is in Dayton, Ohio, just outside of Dayton, Ohio, right? I'm here. Okay. The seminar, there's a seminar coming up. Okay. It's going to cost this much. Travel expenses. How am I going to get there? Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. Great. Okay. I need to submit for my four day pass or my one week of, of, uh, vacation. I need to negotiate with wife and family. I need to, I need to, I need to. 
Okay, what's this going to cost? Is it a financial cost? Is it a time cost? Is it an emotional, psychological negotiating cost? Honey, I'm going to do this thing. I really need to do this thing. But here's what's going to happen, right? You want to go and do this thing, this thing, that, okay? You do that, right? We're going to budget money for that. Great, fantastic, right? Um, I'm going to make it up to you, okay? I'm going to take you and the kids, da-da-da. We're going to do this awesome thing, right? Balance, 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 right? Okay. Not all a me thing, right? Balance. Okay. Um, okay. But what has to happen? Um, what's the cost? There's always a cost. Remember the sacrifice part? You'd have to sacrifice money, time. Um, uh, I might have to do something that's not really my thing, but it's the honey family thing, right? You know, if you've ever been a parent, right? That kind of movie's not my thing, okay? I can only watch so many Barbies or whatever, right? But spending time with my daughter, it's not about me. It's about her. Daddy, wasn't that awesome? Baby, that was fantastic, right? You want to watch it again? You want to watch another one? That'd be cool, okay? What do I have to sacrifice, okay, to get this thing? I make a list. Now I've got a roadmap. Now I've got a roadmap, okay? Trust me, as a private at a certain point or a specialist fourth class that turned into a corporal or whatever, the money wasn't always there. So I took out short-term loans, short-term loans and had uh, pay a uh, week, uh, monthly pay with uh, withdrawal to pay it back over a certain amount of time. And guess what? When that one was done, I took out another one for the next seminar. Okay. So figured it out, just like everybody else. Not so easy for our grandmaster either. He lived on one part of Japan, the guy he ended up training with, the 33rd grandmaster, right? And there were no bullet trains at that time. Had to hop a train after he closed his, his shop, took a train, slept on it overnight to go to this other part of Japan, train with this guy for a couple of days, hop on a train, all the way back, slept, right? Got up or, you know, went to the shop and opened it up so he could be run business that day or whatever, right? Uh, nothing has ever been any different. Stephen Hayes left the United States, went and lived in Japan. Didn't do as much homework as he should have because he assumed everything worked the same and was supposed to be there for a year and was, right? But was poor for most of it. And I mean like poor, poor, right? Because a year's worth of money ran out in three months. Do what you got to do. Um, but you don't just throw things around, right? You do your due diligence and you figure it out. It's what we do. It's what warriors do. We figure it out. Because the goal is worth attaining. You will get results in direct proportion to the effort and attention that you put in to the process. The world will give you back what you, what you asked for, right? If you piss and moan, I covered this in a, in a previous episode, right? But I had a teacher one time that just, just said, look, you know, when you have, when you have a, a problem, right? You have, you have three choices, right? The three choices are that you get away from it, that you solve it, 
right? Or you, um, you uh, solve it. Is, it could be negotiation, whatever, right? What was the third one? You get away from it. You solve it. Or you shift your perspective so that you're willing to accept it because it's not something I can deal with, get away from, change, or whatever. So I shift my perspective, right? It's the same thing that most people do, right? They shift their perspective to acceptance. Okay. But what you don't do is bitch and moan about it because when you do that, you convince yourself and the universe that you really are the victim that you think you are. Anyway, um, oh, Jen, sorry, Jen, you, uh, you posted this a while back and I apologize. We were both exceedingly surprised with how high we were actually capable of kicking. Everybody is, okay? But if, if, if we always travel in the same circles, you see, this is the big thing with the dojo. And I don't care if it's the cyber dojo of our extended family, right? Or you're actually physically in the dojo or whatever, right? Um, this is why having a support group is really, really important, okay? Um, even uh, the Buddha said, right, you have to have a sangha, right? A community of, of practitioners who are in it for the same reason, right? It protects you against the bullshit from the world, right? The circle that we travel in defines the extent of our growth. So if the group we always travel in doesn't believe that you can get higher than a certain point, chances are you're not getting higher than that point because you have no reason to. Okay, which is why I'm always a big fan of joining groups like my own mentors and stuff where I'm the low man on the totem pole. Because in whatever group you're in, at best, you're average because you're average for that group. You may be above average for the rest of the world, but in that group, you're average. Okay? Just like people that show up for seminars. You're, you know, everybody's at a slightly different rank level or whatever, but you're average. So it's my job to constantly, right? But I have mentors, right? Trust me, my teachers are as far beyond me as my students think I am beyond them. Probably even farther. I don't pay all that money to go to Japan to have my teachers tell me how great I am. I go there to fill up freaking notebooks of stuff I need to work on when I go back home. I go there to hear no a lot. Jeff, that's wrong. Did it. Okay. Fantastic. It's an awful lot of time, effort, and money. Time away from family, all that kind of stuff. To go someplace to have your ego stroked and be told, oh, you are awesome. You understand this better than everybody else. You're a true prodigy. Especially in this art with the teachers that I have, if they're telling me that, <laughs> the penny's going to drop pretty soon. Okay, They're setting me up because if I buy into the bullshit, then they know that I'm not really practicing and I'm there to get rank, to show it off to everybody else and not do anything else. All right. So anyway, um, so, so dream visualize the result of the dream. Determine what it is that you need. Do your due diligence. What do I need to get from here to there? Don't lower the freaking dream to fit your circumstances. I'm not saying you won't have an enjoyable weekend or an enjoyable vacation. But look what you just did. You traded this for this. 
Well, but if I go, if I shoot for that, we won't be able to do our little, like, enjoyable weekends for, like, the next 14 months. Okay? So, what do you want to remember on your deathbed? I know, that's a low blow. But it's what drives me. Growing up, I heard way too many adults look at me and go, Jeff, if I were 20 years younger, I would have, could have, should have. I never, on my deathbed, I want to be ready for the next adventure. Whether there's one or not, I don't care. I want to know that, man, I, whew, what a life. It was awesome. Okay? What do I want to remember on my deathbed? Do I want to remember that freaking awesome thing that I did? Or do I want to remember that I had the chance to do it, and I didn't, and now I can't? I know what my answer is. You do you. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, look. Um, I've been doing this for like an hour and a half. So, let's open it up. Questions, comments. Um, and I'm okay with you telling me I'm full of shit. Doesn't look like I have anybody that hijacked the, 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 the thing this time. So, let me bring my chat thing up here. Oh, let's see. Who do I have? What do I have? Da, 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 da. Let's see. Anybody? Anybody at all? It looks like it looks like the system's working right this time. So comments are popping up regardless of whether you're on YouTube. Looks like uh, Carl and Rob and Jeff and Shane. If anybody's as old as me, you remember Romper Room and Miss Marsha. I see Jeffrey and I see Shane. Uh, anyway, uh, so they're over on YouTube, and then Jimmy and Jennifer. And just a couple other folks over on uh, Facebook. Questions, comments. Okay, uh, don't forget, guys. Um, when this, when you finally get a hold of this thing, or when it, when it uh, is just a recording and whatnot, share it amongst your friends and all that. Uh, especially those who are interested, obviously, in, in the training and that. Let's get the numbers up. Um, uh, somebody's in there. Hello from Florida. Hey, how you doing? Okay. Um, so if you think this was valuable and somebody else could benefit from it, obviously, you know, send it out there. If there's a uh, podcast um, platform that uh, we're not on, somebody keeps asking me, when are we going to be on Spotify? I think we are on Spotify now. And if we're not, um, I don't know why not. But either way, we're on, God, dozens of freaking podcast platforms. So I'm always surprised when I do a search and we pop up on, on all these things. But Anyway, um, and I, you know, I also know that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So, uh, cause everybody just wants to be told, you know, everything's great or they just want to do the Marshall side. Uh, and that's okay too, right? I'm not here to tell you how to do things. Um, my job, I, I should probably finish getting this drink. I didn't choose the cup, but, um, <laughs> uh, one of my kids got me this for Christmas or Father's Day or something. I got it because this freaking thing thing keeps uh, things hot or cold for like hours, which is awesome. Our job, um, a job of an instructor, and well, I'm going to take that back because instructors just convey information. I learned a long time ago there's a difference between a coach, an instructor, and a teacher, uh, and especially in in this realm, right? In in Japanese language, 
right? Sensei is a generic term. Okay, it really is a generic term. It's it's a term that just means teacher, right? But it's not just martial arts teacher. Most people, because in the West, right, we encountered it through martial arts, then we assume that sensei is a martial arts teacher. No, a school teacher is a sensei. Okay, as a matter of fact, anybody uh, sensei can be used as an honorific as well, right? So if there's somebody that's at the top of their game in whatever their field is, right, and uh, somebody else is referencing them as somebody that, like, if you really want to know what you're doing, you really want to like get a step up and move to the next level. Follow that person. They may not say that in words, but they'll identify that person, right, as whatever their name is, sensei. Okay, so that tells this person who's listening, ooh, so this person holds that person in high esteem. If I really want to, like, be better than average, then I should be paying attention to that person, right? So there's, there's sensei, right? And then, like, in the martial arts world, there are other teaching titles, there's, uh, that, that kind of represent mastery, right? There's Shidoshi, uh, teacher of the warrior ways of enlightenment, especially within our art, right? We have, uh, Shihan, which is, uh, like a master teacher, even though the, the kanji for Shihan, uh, spell out or individually, uh, mean role model, okay? So somebody wouldn't call them, they do it all the time, but somebody should not be calling themselves a Shihan because Shihan is a term that's used by other people to designate somebody that is a role model, right? You should do what they do, right? Uh, so there's all these things, right? Dai Shihan, right? Um, which is, if you look in certain places where definitions are and all that, right? Uh, a Dai Shihan is not just a great master teacher, right? Which is a literal translation, right? Uh, it implies somebody who can stand in for the soke in their absence. So while they're not a soke, it's this, thing, right? I'm not saying that I am, it's just, right, sometimes you're just given rank and then you have to try to figure it out. Um, but there's this other term, right, that's even more different, right? It's Shiso, right? Shiso. So Shiso is a teacher that teaches beyond the subject matter that you think you're learning, okay? So Shiso Teaches the subject matter, so like martial arts, whatever, okay? So Hatsumi Sensei, right? Everybody says Hatsumi Sensei, right? As Hatsumi teacher, you know, whatever, right? Hatsumi Soke, right? Soke is head of lineage, right? But whenever I've written letters to Hatsumi, uh, Hatsumi Sensei, I've always let it off with Shiso. S-H-I-S long O or S-H-I-S-O-U, right? Shiso means teacher of life or implies teacher of life. They're teaching the, the body of knowledge, but they're also teaching about living and life, applying this in a greater context and all that kind of stuff, right? So uh, I've had certain students call me Shiso, whatever, I've got this little gift from somebody, right? Uh, but it implies that the student understands that they're getting more than just blocking, punching, kicking, those kind of things, right? But it's that, it's that kind of growth context kind of thing, right? So um, anyway, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to start running in circles here. I, I really need to kind of wrap this up because I keep people up way too late past their bedtime. I get other people that are pissed off because I'm not available 24-7. They usually get even more pissed off at me when I go, really, you work for your employer 24-7? And this is for free stuff, right? This is just being able to answer their emails or whatever. Um, and they're not even one of my students. So, well, how dare I?
<laughs> That's really funny, considering that they want to do traditional Japanese stuff, but they have no idea what students had to do in relationship with a teacher, right? They want to treat me like I should have a drive-up window and be available 24-7 so that their life is easy when that's exactly backwards from the traditional martial uh, process. Americans are spoiled. Westerners are spoiled. Anyway. All right, so what do we have? Somebody had submitted something. Let me, I had to scroll, sorry. Mike and I are both excited to be participating. He's a major dreamer and realized a few months ago that he had stopped dreaming. He's getting back to it. Good. I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. I ask this stuff all the time. Okay. Um, you have a choice. Be uncomfortable because you're always working to attain the goal or you're going to get comfortable, rest on your laurels, and stop. And I'm okay with either one. I'm just not okay with people shoveling bullshit. They said they're doing one thing, but they're not. Or what I always hear is, um, I really have to, I really have to, I really need to. Because right? at the end of a class, I'll ask you know, every single person, what'd you learn? What'd you learn? What'd you learn? Right? Tell me what you learned. Okay? I learned that I thought I was doing this one thing with my feet, and I, I need to be doing this. The angle will change things, and that opens things up. Great, okay? Uh, but if you say, um, I need to fix my footwork, really? What aspect of it? And if I hear that, if I hear the same thing over and over again, what you're going to hear from me is, really, when are you going to start? Because usually it's a cop-out. I need to, I need to, I need to. Right? Yeah, I know. You know. So when? Right? As my Jewish grandfather used to say, you going to do it before I'm dead? But you're not doing it for me, right? We keep in an attempt to not be uncomfortable, in an attempt to not fail. And the reality is that Hatsumi Sensei has always said, everybody who's successful has spent at least three times, I say it's closer to ten, Times more in the way of time, effort, money, resources, sacrifice, all that kind of stuff to get where they are than the average person is willing to even think about. Okay. But it doesn't stop there. Right? They dream big. Okay. Your payoff was always in direct proportion to not just the effort put out, because you can put out a lot of effort, but with a sucky plan and no commitment or enthusiasm or passion, it's like a freaking hamster on a wheel. You're running your ass off, but you're not going anywhere. None the conditions don't change. It's like having busy days and being disappointed at the end of the day because nothing got done. Nothing was finished. But man, did I, I'm exhausted. Right? So anyway, right? So the question, the, the, the answer to the question is, how do you do these things? It's you work the process that is proven to work. Make sure you've got dreams so freaking big you have no idea how you're going to accomplish it. So you always have something to work on. 
You visualize the outcome. You don't focus on your current conditions. You will get what you focus on. So stop focusing on, well, we can't do that because I don't know how I'm getting the time off work. I don't know where the money's coming from. Look, dude, money doesn't grow on trees. No shit. Okay? Who's got the money you need? If the job that you have doesn't produce it, then either have some side gigs going on, sell off some shit you haven't looked at or used in years, and when you run out of that stuff, go to your freaking family members and tell them you're going to get rid of all their stuff that they want to get rid of. They'll be thankful because they don't have to do all the freaking work. And then you're going to go and sell it. Right? Look at all the freaking yard sale things just in our local area on Facebook. Holy shit, you'd be posting stuff left and right, making money out the wazoo. Right? Yeah, I know, it's uncomfortable, right? But you could do it while you're watching the 5700 rerun of the same freaking TV show you've been watching, but you could be doing this at the same time. Right? Who's got the money you need to, because money isn't, money doesn't belong to anybody. Money works like lakes and rivers. Lakes is it's being saved. For what? Well, a rainy day. Really? Okay. Everybody's resentful of the wealthy. You know what the wealthy know how to do? Okay. They're not scamming anybody else for, for money. They know how to have their every dollar make babies. Everybody else thinks that it's just this finite thing. I either have it or I don't. I go to work. Boss gives me a paycheck every once in a while. I go cash it, right? Where'd the paycheck come from? He doesn't have a printing press in the frickin' basement. He gave you other people's money. What other people? The people that bought the stuff that your company makes. Where'd that money come from? Same process. He got it. The guy that bought it, bought the can of beans, bought it with a paycheck that he got from who? An employer who doesn't have a frickin' printing press in the basement. He got it from somebody right? Whose company sells something of value to somebody else who, it's just, so who has it? Who has money, right? Or who has money to give you to, for some, for value, your time, helping them with something, or they want to buy this stuff that you have. If people could start seeing themselves as being in business and not just being slaves or employees to some other business, and get out of the mindset of, I'm a minion, and he's a fat cat who's got stuff. And we can see ourselves as all independent uh, entrepreneurs. We either have knowledge of value, we have things we don't need or want, and we need to get rid of, and we can make some money off of it, or whatever, right? Or we could redo our resume or our CV, right, which is a... Curriculum vitae, for those of you who know how that stuff works, right? Uh, we could just redo it and be always putting feelers out to step up, step up, step up. Instead, we get a job and then we relax. Oh, okay. I have to worry about a job now. Oh, shit. Well, I guess I can't do those things over there because now I can only afford this. Okay, well, well, that's not going to take long till it breeds resentment. Understand the process. Understand that most of what we believe came from other people who only did, other people who did 
what we aspire to doing. But do they do what you want to be doing? If they don't, that includes friends, mentors, parents, and all that. I'm not knocking them, but if they have not accomplished or done to the degree that you want to be doing things, you can't listen to anything they say. They may care for your well-being because they want to see you fall flat on your face. But how can you believe anything from anybody who hasn't accomplished what you already, what, that, what you currently want to accomplish? I would never go, no offense to my friends like Mike and some of my other guys that are like priests and whatnot, right? Okay, I would not go to them for marriage advice because they've never been married. Well, they may have great advice for me to be a good person, and they may have these suggestions and whatnot for, you know, because it's general for relationships, whether they're friendships or whatever, right? If I'm being an ass, don't be an ass, right? That'll make the relationship better, right? But if I want marital advice, I need to go to somebody who's got a rock-solid, superstar freaking marriage and that they're just like, they're man, wow, that's awesome. Okay? Same thing with money, same thing with... Same thing, same thing with everything, right? I mean, a lot of you guys come to us who are martial arts instructors because we've got a bunch of numbers past our belts and all that kind of stuff, right? Some of you guys come to me not only because I have that, but because uh, in the cop world, security world, and all that kind of stuff, I've used this stuff against bad people, and I'm still here, okay? Why are you not calling up your Uncle Fred who got into a fight once and then you're going to pay him to learn self-defense. Because Bob got the shit kicked at him or that was only one fight. Or See, why are, you not, why, why are we not ascribing the same criteria to every other part of our lives where we want to be better? Or did we just believe those other mentors that you can't have your cake and eat it too? You're living a good life. Oh, here's a good one. We love you just the way you are. Or he's an even better one, right? You should be happy with what you have because there's people in freaking Africa that are starving. Great. You know what? I'm trying to get to a level where the value I have to offer, including money and all that, will allow me to not harm myself and my family by dropping a bunch of money on those people or building a school or whatever so that their life is better. But me holding myself back because they're in a worse condition is bullshit. That's just, I, I, don't know, I don't even know what the hell to call that anymore. So, anyway, as we continue to move on, and as I've said in the past, if you've ever been to an amusement park, you've heard this. If you're going to continue to hang out with me and do these things, in, in, especially if you're, if you're in student mode, okay? I'm going to tell you the same thing that you're told every time you sit your butt in a seat at an amusement park. Please hold on to the bar. The ride's about to begin. So let's do this, okay? And if I'm not your cup of tea, that's okay. There's plenty of other people out there that are willing to get your rank or they're willing to, you know, water everything down so that you're comfortable and all that. My job is not to make you comfortable. My job is also not to learn this stuff for you. My job is also not to make sure you learn it. How about that? My job is to faithfully pass on the lessons that have been passed on to me and to in to the best of my ability teach you how you better be training and the things you need to pay attention to to get to the level or to get to the kind of abilities that you tell me you want to have 
And if it's self-defense, then to point out things that go on inside that bubble that regardless of belt rank, you better be preparing for because if you don't, you're going to be really surprised. You're going to be phenomenal in the dojo. You're going to be worth that belt in in the academy. And you're going to be in an emergency room or a morgue in a real situation because you didn't pay attention to what you're supposed to pay attention to. My job is to faithfully teach this stuff and to have your best interest in mind when I teach. It's not about me. It's about you. Okay? As long as you're learning, I'll teach. Okay? My job is not to learn it. My job is not to I mean, my job is to learn it for me when I'm in student mode. My job is not to make sure you learn it. My job is to make sure I teach the lessons that you need to learn. My job is not to make sure you develop the skill set. My job is not even to motivate you. As, as you've noticed, I'm a pretty sucky motivator. Because I'm more more likely to remind you of the shit you're going to find yourself in if you don't get it than how great things are going to be. Okay? As you move forward, it should be like walking toward the horizon. It's going to get pretty disappointing if you don't turn around and look back and see how far you've come every once in a while because the horizon's always the same distance away. And that's how mastery works. That's how the attainment of your big freaking goals work. Because the closer you get where things start to become a foregone conclusion, if you have the right mindset, you're just going to substitute it with another goal that's even bigger. It's the way it works. This is not for the lazy. This is not for the the complacent. This is not for the uh, doubters or the people that just think that they're not worth anything, right? This is not for the blamers. This is not for... This is for one definition of warrior is one who engages with the world. Fully engages. Okay. Leave a legacy. Leave a memory that your family can't stop talking about. Don't be a foregone conclusion. Anyway, all right, there's Shane. Shane, (laughs) bring it, sir. (laughs) Shane's slipping into church mode. (laughs) All right, so before we get there, I'm going to (laughs) stop. Anyway, any last-minute questions, comments, complaints? Wait, I got broad shoulders. Okay, it's kind of relaxing. Anyway, anything else? No? All right, look, if you're listening in on Apple Tunes, Stitcher, uh, whatever else we're on, right? I'm holding on to the bar. <laughs> Fantastic. Shane's working on some stuff in the personal development realm that, uh, Shane, I know you keep telling me when you're going to get it to me, but tick, 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 brother. Okay. I'm on the verge of going, you know what? You're not working on it, so me either. That's not for Shane either. All right, just Shane. That's for everybody. Okay. Um, so, uh Yeah. If you're if you're on the other podcasts, other kind of things, right? Share the stuff, get the views up, share with other people, um, help us uh, really move things on. Uh, as you can tell, if you're new to this, if you're new encountering me, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, uh, this this is not just about martial arts. Okay, the promise I make to people is that I'm passing on lessons, 
that allow you to create the life you've always dreamed of living and to give you the skills that will protect that life from anything that might harm it. That's what this art brings, okay? This is not just punching, kicking, blocking, whatever. This is not a substitute. This is not a martial arts choice among other martial arts choices. If that's the way you want to engage with it, I'm not here to stop you, okay? I'm just telling you you're leaving a whole bunch of power on the, on the table, okay? So um, let's let's make the best of this, shall we? Okay. All right, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, I will talk to everybody again next time. If there's a topic that you would like for me to cover, if there's uh, techniques, skills, whatever that you want me to uh, to, to do, I know the last bunch of episodes, this has all been about Seishin Techie, personal clarity, personal development, that kind of stuff, right? But if there's other things that you want me to cover, if there's something I've mentioned in the past or taught on, if there's some kind of uh, thing that's going on in the world, right, how would how would we approach that uh, from a ninja warrior kind of perspective. I'm all about those kind of things. Um, you know, you can always send an email in. Uh, the default email address is warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Uh, if you send it there in the subject thing, put uh, uh, kuden topic, K-U-D-E-N, right? Kuden topic or something like that, right? I'll get it on the slate, right? I'm, I'm all about helping folks out. Uh, I'm not an editor. I'm not a dancing monkey, right? So, um, I'm not, not here to, you know, play, you know, whatever, uh, music or to, you know, whatever. Okay. So, uh, anyway, so, uh, we can do that kind of thing. Right. Um, I think that's it. Right. So that's the default. You can send it to me if you're in at the dojo, who knows some interaction we may have, uh, may end up being a, a topic. Right. Uh, if you submit something question or whatever, and you don't want, to be mentioned, please make sure that's known. Otherwise, I will say, hey, so-and-so from Timbuktu uh, sending this really great question, and here's how we're diving in. Um, just know that this is kind of a, that this whole um, uh, kuden kind of thing is kind of a sampling as to what my uh, inner circle guys, my platinum uh, elite students that are long-distance students, and my Shinobi Kai students at the dojo uh, get on a regular basis, my distance guys and all that, they get these weekly coaching calls, and uh, we go into everything from history to personal development to strategies and tactics to skills and techniques to weapons to whatever, right? Um, so, uh, you know, if they submit things, then then we do this stuff. Uh, and bit, But I take this, it's not a general blast like this. It's very specific on moving them to the next level, to the next level, to the next level, that kind of thing, right? Uh, so if you, if you want to explore that, uh, if you'd like some help in just going to the next level, even if you don't become a student, right? Uh, I've got some time in my schedule this week and next, uh, as we're leading into the, to the holidays and stuff, uh, for, uh, some calls, right? So, uh, as long as you're not a tire kicker and you're just looking for, you know, talking about, uh, bullshit or whatever, right? Um, yeah, if you're if you're local with the dojo, we'll 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 do that stuff there, right? But if you're online, you're long distance or whatever, uh, if you want to if you want to schedule a, uh, a complimentary coaching call, uh, we can do that, right? We can get on the phone and uh, we can talk about where you are in your training and uh, where you want to be. Uh, we can take a look at. I'll, I'll give you some hints and tips about like where you are with a given skill or whatever, right? Do this next. Right. Um, that's, that's on me. No, no, um, no, uh, hidden agenda or anything like that. 
if you do want to know about some of the programs that I have available or whatnot, we could talk about some of those things. And if it seems like a right fit, then I can tell you how we can, we can, you know, formalize the teacher student kind of thing. If not, no harm, no foul. I'm not here to, to steal anybody's students. I'm not here to, you know, argument, argue one teacher's approach to, to mine or to another or whatever, right? I'm here to help. So if you'd like to do that, the way to do that is to go to, to that Warrior C, W-A-R-R. Please don't misspell Warrior and then get on some kind of social format or whatever and flame me because I'm ignoring you or something, right? Um, double check your spelling and all that. Warrior, W-A-R-R-I-O-R, the letter C at Warrior dash, that's the minus sign or the hyphen, whatever you want to call it. I call it a dash because I say hyphen and then people are like, what's a hyphen? Uh, <laughs> whatever, right? So warrior C at warrior dash concepts with an S dash online.com, uh, in the title bar, right? Call request, put call request right there. And then, uh, tell me about yourself, uh, like what you do for a living, your age. I don't take anybody under the age of 18. So if you're some, it's not no teenager that's going to steal your parents' credit card, uh, not in my direction. You're not, um, uh, what your martial background is like, what you've been working on, whatever, right? And what you're looking to get out of um, your training, right? And 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 where you feel stuck, those kind of things. You can give me a little gist about that. And then also you're going to need to include a couple of days and times that you're available for about a 45-minute call. Could last less than that if we realize that we're not a good fit early on or I feel or I uh, get a feel or a sense that um, you're just looking for – some free lessons, but you're not going to do anything with them anyway, right? I'll call up, cut that call short because you're wasting my time and yours. Um, might go a little bit longer based on questions or whatever, but um, it's, it's, it's all about value, right? So a um, couple of days and times because my schedule is, is really booked. I have some time available, but instead of me going, hey, this is what I have, you tell me what your availability is. Also include a good phone number, right? Don't give me your ex's number or whatever, right? That you would be available during this call, okay? Then I will find a spot if something matches up on my schedule. I'll let you know what it is. You'll confirm it. I'm going to put it on my schedule. I'm going to call you at that time, okay? If I can't trust that you'll be available or you won't let me know that something came up ahead of time, whatever, and you're not respectful to my schedule, then we're probably already not a good fit, okay? It's pretty simple. Right. But if you are interested, that's that's the process. Right. And then we can we can discuss things. Other than that, I'm all good. If you're local. Right. Uh, call the school. Five, seven, zero, eight, eight, four, one, 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 eight. And uh, we can set up one of the intro programs or whatever and see if this is a good fit for you. And if not, no, no foul. We can still be friends. What I tell everybody is if you get involved in the intro program and uh, it works out, great. We can take a look at longer-term training. If it doesn't work out, it's cool, right? Um, we can still be friends, and a uniform comes with your intro program. So if it doesn't work out, you're going to have the coolest pajamas of all of your friends. So, right? And if you don't believe that I say that, you can ask Jen or anybody else that's a member of the school. I say this stuff all the time, right? It really is okay, okay? Um, Jen, we're still waiting for your pajamas, but... Uh, they are ordered. So <laughs> anyway, uh, Jen will just like dress up in her black outfit that says Slayer across it, which is perfect to show up at a ninja school for. That's just, that just screams. Here's my personality and I'm coming at you. All right. So, and then her and her husband are training. So that means arguments are going to take a whole new direction. 
All right, that's it, guys. I'm going to wrap this up. I'll talk to you to talk to you next time uh, on Kuden. Uh, Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.